0: And although it's it's definitely true, I think it's underrated. We all need a psychological safety net for when we're going through hard times, when we're asleep. When we're challenged, and that comes from our community, that comes from the people around us. When our children get older and they're gonna be going through things, we really need those people around us that they feel safe around and they trust to be able to go to if they can't go to us. So it taking a village to raise a child is definitely true. And the more support that you can have, it's it's never gonna be enough. So the more people that there are around you when the child is young to have hands-on on the kids, that's gonna really make a massive difference. But also beyond that, for yourself, as a, as a dad, it's really important for you to have people that you can connect with, that you can relate to, that you can have a heart-to-heart with, um, and that's, just as important for women as it is for men but men are probably a bit more prone to not having that support system not having that psychological safety net to rely on when they're really going through a hard time so let's crack on with this it takes a vision to raise a child get as many people as you can to help you raise this child as possible uh i know there's there's c- contention around whether mother and father-in-law should be involved how much they should be involved whether you should live with mother and father-in-laws and, and that type of stuff and I think the the jury's still out on that, although I know that is a big thing for many people. I think that needs to be juggled and managed very sensitively because a lot of the people that we know who um, have marriages have fallen apart, um, it's often when other people get involved that things really take a turn for the worst. So ideally, in my opinion, just from my experiences with the people that I know, if you can resolve things yourself, it's going to really help with your marriage, which is going to help with your parenting. So community is really important, villages, having a village is really important. Now, I was thinking about how many couples do I know that are happily married? And that's from my patients, from friends, from family, and thinking, and from work, and thinking about all of those networks. I'd say probably less than half, maybe four, three or four out of ten, I know that are still happily married. Or And I think a few generations ago, or a generation ago, you would stay with the person, Especially in South Asian culture For better or for worse Regardless of what the relationship was like Regardless of what your marriage was like But those those times have changed And even if you do that That's going to have an impact on your parenting If you're in an unhappy relationship If you're not happy in your marriage There's no way that the kids aren't going to pick up on that energy There's no way that that's not going to have an impact on the kids as well That that's not going to leave some kind of trauma And unfortunately, regardless of our best intentions, I think we will traumatize our kids in some way. We might think, I'm never going to do what my mum did, I'm never going to do what my dad did. And that may guide us and make us better parents. But there's there's always going to be some mishap. There's always going to be some encounter where you think, I could have dealt with that better. And I regret the way I dealt with that. And that's okay. That's all part of learning. That's all part of growing. That's all part of becoming a better parent, and those are really essential um, lessons that we will learn from as we go through this talk on parenting. So, if three out of four, and this is my experience in the South Asian community, if three out of four couples are happy, then the rest are unhappy, then there's no way if there's fighting, shouting, um, if you're unhappy, if you don't feel a connection with your partner. It's going to be very hard for you to be good parents. That's just my opinion and that's you can take it or leave it. But from my experience, you need to be in a good place. Your relationship needs to be in a good place in order for you to parent well. So some sacrifices have to be made. Some work has to be done on that first. And and then we can really build a solid foundation to move forward from there. Um, I have really good friends and generally they don't have a lot of the vices that might impact some people like they're not alcoholics they're not abusive they're not as far as I know they're not they're not gamblers they don't have addictions um, they're not uh, promiscuous um, so they probably have statistically anyway they probably have fewer objective reasons for their marriage to fall apart for the kids to be impacted from divorce because the evidence on divorce on on kids is is quite um, clear, not to say that you should never get divorced. There are circumstances where that's probably a better option. But the point being that it's, it's really important to marry well. So the person you marry, don't marry for looks, don't marry for money, don't marry for what profession that person has. Marry someone that you'll be able to be friends with for the rest of your life that has a good character, that is humble, because those are the real things that really count when you're married to somebody, um, whether that person is humble, or how that person is going to react in an argument, uh, that person's behavior, um, their conduct, their morals, their, um, their day-to-day, their, their, their nittanam in terms of what how they What they do from morning to night Those types of things are going to be really important in a marriage More so than anything else In terms of looks and money and that kind of stuff So first key is to marry well After that um, When you have your ups and downs Which are inevitable in marriage It's going to be a lot easier to work through them And this is just something that I'm working on at the moment now After being married for 11 years I try not to Yeah, me and Dashanko very rarely argue and so that's a blessing because that wasn't always the case but now if there is ever a point of contention one of us will generally be quiet so we think I think to myself in my head I have this little mantra thinking um, only idiots argue only idiots argue and it sounds a bit crude but it's, it's better sometimes for the bigger picture to win the war rather than win the battle and when you're in a relationship really there shouldn't be battles there shouldn't be You shouldn't be in opposition you shouldn't be competing with each other with whatever the issue is whether it's related to parenting or related to something else so you want to work as a team and you want to take a little loss in a battle for the greater win which is the war um that's just my thinking at at this point in time so we're looking at maybe three out of ten couples are happy looking at um there's some vices that make you potentially more prone to not having a good Dynamic with the marriage and that's going to impact on parenting as well Um, So that might be childhood traumas that might be uh, poverty that might be Lots of other issues which are going to impact on your parenting and impact on your relationship or the potential not to say that there's no outliers um, but these are just things to to consider so with with when she does talks on toxic toxicity and and um, um, Narcissism she She always diverts it back to the person, even when she's working back with clients. She always says, it's not the other person, it's you. You've got to look at what do you need to do. This is probably a very very oversimplification of of what she's saying, but it's my take, my interpretation of it. And if you're in a really good place, you're going to be patient, you're going to be humble, you're going to be resourceful, you're going to find ways to deal with things, you're going to have, uh, your reactions are going to be more positive. So... The key here is working on yourself. And if working on yourself means you have a better marriage, you have a better um, parenting, then that's that's definitely worth it. So what are the areas that you need to work on or I need to work on? So there's mental, emotional, spiritual and physical. And we could probably do a whole talk on these areas because they're so broad. But if we take a little bit of a whistle-stop tour around these, around your own well-being, the first one i've got down is is mental and we talked about the book noise about the Nobel prize winner and how he looked at research and how your emotions affect your reactions which sounds obvious enough but in things that it really shouldn't affect your reactions with it does even in we talked about the examples of judges and judges making harsher sentencing on days when their football team has lost um and again this is this is well-researched phenomenon so check out the book noise if you're if you want to learn more but the point being that you need to be in a really good mental state in order for you to deal with your kids effectively for you not to lash out on them or to have reactions that you don't want to have and then you regret or that potentially have um, a long-term impact on your kids so i'll give you one example my my, um yeah well actually (laughs) i'll but there's, there's times when we all as parents, do things that we really, really regret, and we think actually that that wasn't the best way to have responded. And kids remember this stuff; they remember that time you you shouted at them about X, Y, or Z. And in the bigger picture, it's really not worth it. So, how can we maintain our mental health? How can we do better? So, you might have some ideas. I appreciate your input. But thinking about it for me personally is having downtime. Um, it links in with some of the other stuff, like making sure I'm exercising, making sure I'm doing my simran. Um, things that give me peace, things that give me a bit of keep me centred, so I'm not like a yo-yo. My emotions and behaviours aren't all over all over the place. So that's some considerations there around mental, but also having that community, having that psychological safety net. Having there's a there's a dad I called earlier because it's just nice to have a chat, even if it's about nothing, with other dads. You can feel like you have a connection there and that's really important, something that women probably do a bit better than men do, um, stereotypically. But th- that connection is really important for, for good mental health. Um, emotional, again, it comes down to community, having other dads, having other parents that you can have an open conversation with and say, I'm really struggling with this. And they might. it might just be normalizing it and say, actually, you know what? That is a really challenging phase. I was speaking to a dad, another dad earlier today and he was saying how, is so full on Uh, and I'm a little bit later in the journey and I was saying how once the kid turns four it gets a lot easier because you don't have to feed them you don't have to they can get dressed themselves they can they can wash their own bums little things like that which sounds silly but when when they're really young it is a lot of hands-on it is really full on at the stage that my kids are right now they're fairly independent and they enjoy to be around so Parenting is a journey which does change throughout the phases and this live might not be valid some of the things I say in this because it's more focused around the journey that I'm on at the moment which is my kids are between the ages of of say four and well got a new one on the way which will be a newborn but so it'll be newborn zero days to you know seven years Um, teenaging managing teenagers is going to be a completely different set of issues but hopefully some of these Some of these pieces of of nuggets of advice will be universal. So we've got community and in that I've got training. So for me, going to a martial arts club, that kind of community of being around guys seems to be really cathartic for me. It makes me feel my best self. And I was reading up on Sparta and the Spartan warriors, they would spend all the time training with men. And they would only visit their wives in the night. And they would have to be back in the barracks by morning. So... Some, this is an example of one community It was the males spent time with the males The females spent time with the females And now I feel like we've, we've lost that To I feel like the pendulum swung the completely opposite way I feel like we, we're being demasculinated in a way um, We are not training as much as we should Or as much as we have done in the past We don't have as many men around us To have that community, that support, that, that safety net so for me the psychological safety net comes from training it comes from having that brazilian jiu-jitsu club with people who have a good vibe and good energy and i might not talk to them about issues i'm going through but just having that group of good really helps me personally so i've got training down in um, community and under emotional health i've got friends um, i'm fortunate to have the same friends i've had for a long period of time but might be community groups anyone that you can connect with really doesn't necessarily have to be someone you're going to tell your whole life story to, but just you know, work colleagues, whoever it is that you can feel that you can have a connection with and open up with. Um, sangat is a, is a big one as well. Just being in keith and sitting in sangat, I think that's a very cathartic process as well. Um, and for those who don't maybe have access to as many of those resources, counselling is is something that has helped a lot of people as well. Um, in spiritual, I've got emotional, I've got simran, which if you do simran um the way i have experienced in the past which is to do it loud so your attention is focused on the sound um that can be a really really it can be like a very spiritual process but it can be like having a having a bath your mind just feels washed and clean and clear and it's easier to then deal with the day your resilience is higher your temperament is better so practically and it doesn't take a long time as long as your mind is attached to the sound as long as your focus is on the meditation as long as it's it's purposeful practice i found that it doesn't take much you don't need the vin- minimal viable dose is actually quite small five ten minutes anything will have a significant impact to counteract the the kind of stress and strain of daily life social media all these negative inputs that are coming through to us um, the stress and strain of getting our kids ready for a certain time, getting them to school, getting them from here to there, being a being a taxi cab, so all of these things are all of these things are strain, and this is going to help us build our resilience. So Simran is one. uh Gurbani Vichar I think is a really uh, important one as well, because I think the, those lofty thoughts that we we read in Gurbani, it changes our thinking. It it gives us a different perspective, and it's 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 amazing how sometimes you might be going through something. And you read the translations of a Shabad and that Shabad is related to what you're going through at that period of time. It hits you and it helps you through that scenario. And to have that accessible regardless of gender, age, uh, education level, income level, um, socioeconomic group, whatever whatever circumstance you're in, physical ability, um, disability rather, whatever situation you're in, you have that access to Gurbani that can help you through that. And there's lots of now. There's lots of resources out there. There's things like um, basics we the do translations. There's there's lots of access to being able to understand gurbani now. There's no there's no real excuse to go to the gurdwara and not take something away, because um, we have everything at the at the tip of our fingertips now. Um, and I'll add some resources in the description box when I upload this. But there's there's lots of YouTube channels with lots of translations where you, you read a Shabad like Asa Diwar and you come away from that and you, your mind is just blown and there's no way if you're going through something that that's not going to uplift you and there's something that's free, accessible, easy to access anytime um, that is there at, at our fingertips. So. I think Gurbani is definitely another one for spiritual and then Sangat is really important Gurbani says "Bin sab se leh. like You you stay the same without Sangat So it's really important to find some good Sangat where there's not going to be Chugli in India Where there's not going to be um, that kind of stuff like clickiness And there's just going to be Gurbani, Gurbani, Vichar and Simran and sit in that Sangat and just come away And, and the, I think a good test for Sangat having the right Sangat is do you leave that some good? Do you leave that conversation feeling uplifted? And if you do, then that's a good sign that that's that's helping you on your journey. That's the kind of people that you want more of in your life. So that's just some my humble opinion on that. Physical, I've separated this category into diet, exercise, and sleep. Um, so diet, there's something called the 800 gram challenge, which I'm a proponent of. It's basically looking at increasing someone's vegetable and fruit intake. And i found that i feel best when i'm having a high volume of fruit and veg uh regardless of whatever your opinions are. i know diet is a very polarizing topic but regardless of what regime you choose to follow or what diet or what guru you choose to follow in terms of diet i think unanimously people agree that having vegetables in your diet is a good thing so increasing that i found my energy levels are higher my immune system is better my resilience is better i recover better from training um so diet and and hydration are really important so just to give you an example because people will ask oh what's a good diet this is just what i'm might be having in a typical day at the moment so the first meal might be something like porridge with some uh, bananas and some peanut butter second meal might be a smoothie with berries um, again some oats a banana maybe some greens like spinach or some broccoli in there it's, it's not as bad as it sounds once it's mixed in with the tasty stuff like frozen blueberries and frozen raspberries then lunch might be normal roti dal sabji um, or chol dal sabji and dinner might be the same or dinner might lunch might be something english like brown rolls with hummus and some spinach which i never actually have the spinach it's usually just dipping the brown rolls in the hummus which is convenient i can do it when i'm at work in the nhs you've got to find what's right with you with diet but this is an example of a way to get probably 600 grams just from the smoothie and then other bits like the the subdu will be a little bit you could have a salad with your food as well but having that high volume um, does lots of things one is great for your gut bacteria and your gut flora, which there's lots of evidence behind around mental health, around physical health, around immunity. Um, And and so gut flora is the the modern kind of innovation in in health sciences uh, and a lot of research being put into that area. The the second thing it will do is there's research on volume of food intake, so what they find is if you're eating 10 pizzas versus if you're eating five pizzas plus a huge salad, the volume of food tends to be consistent regardless of the composition so if you can fill yourself up with good stuff then you not only get the nutrient dense good stuff out of the food but you also end up eating less of the bad stuff there's a whole another topic on diet but moving on from diet exercise i would break that down into probably two or three components the first is strength there's lots of research on strength and longevity, I think everyone should do some form of strength training, weightlifting, uh, bodyweight exercises, bands, whatever you can do, it's really important to be strong, not just from a physiological health longevity perspective, but from a practical perspective, if you need to do something like pick up your kids, you don't want to have back pain. I was reading some research on, on firemen yesterday, and they looked at the ones who were the fittest had the less uh, incidence of back pain, so... It is a preventative thing. It helps you live pain free for longer. So, strength is going to be important. The next one is cardiovascular health. So, some kind of cardio, whether that's swimming, cycling, running, skipping. There's some evidence to suggest that people who do moderate form cardio have more grit. They're more used to doing hard things for a sustainable period of time. So, if you're in a demanding profession, you've got a demanding home life, then doing some form of steady state cardio will potentially have some impact on your resilience, on your grit, um, which is gonna be a real boon when you're looking at parenting. And then the next one is probably mobility. I find that if you're trying to sit for Bard, if you're trying to sit for Simran, if you're trying to sit at work, mobility does get impacted, especially as we age, we get stiffer. So spending a few minutes in a deep squat every day, doing a a forward bend to release the hamstrings, um, doing a good deep hamstring stretch, really helps to prevent things like back pain but also really helps with um, keeping our mobility higher so we're more able to do the exercises that we want to do when we get onto the strength training without injury or without developing things like knots in the shoulders also makes us more bodily aware which is a a boon when we're looking at preventing musculoskeletal disorders so moving on from that next thing is, is sleep and in that category I put reading sleep is or lack of sleep is an epidemic at the moment we spend more time in the western world on our phones and on our computers than we do sleeping and there's lots of things that happen when we sleep which are essential parts of, of health things like um, lack of sleep can increase our risk of cancer by uh, two time, uh, double our risk of cancer it affects our immunity, it affects our risk of getting things like um, C19 which uh, without this don't want to go into without this video getting blocked so it helps with immunity, helps with lots of different types of um, things that are happening in the body helps with detoxing the brain helps with um, defragmentization of, of like the computer you used to have the fragmentization softwares that would put everything together so everything works better works with memory consolidation um, works with creativity every kind of beneficial process you can imagine that your body does is impacted by sleep so the next logical question is how much sleep do you require and the evidence, the majority of the evidence shows it's around between a long period of sleep at night and then they will have a shorter nap during the day. So that's some some of the my thoughts on sleep. Um, reading is, I find it, a really good down as well so if you're u- using a phone it tends to stimulate you whether it's the light in the phone or whether it's generally the excitement of what you're watching um, and that isn't necessarily the, the state we need to get into when we're sleeping but if you're struggling with sleep I find that reading can make you feel tired especially depending on what you're reading if it's something like non-fiction and you, you'll get some you'll learn you'll learn new things you'll benefit from reading but it will also help you Unwind And de-stress And decompress And help you get to sleep So I put sleep and reading In the same category So that's kind of Some of the self-care stuff There's lots of other stuff You can do And I'd appreciate Anyone's input If they have suggestions That I've missed out Hopefully it'll help the community If you can share your insights So do let me know Alright So Moving on from Self-care From being okay From being in a good position yourself We've got The practical stuff So Personally, I think it's really important to split up duties. I think there's some traditional couples out there where the woman does the cooking and the cleaning. Um, but the dads that I know, is generally much more balanced. They will, help. they will help with the kids. They will support with the housework. They will do cooking. They will do cleaning. They will chip in and they will do their bits as well. Uh, we have our own setup at home, which works for us. And you've just got to figure out what setup works for you and your partner. But... I think that, that balance definitely needs to be there Because women are working as well Women are trying to manage their own mental health as well And their own spiritual health And their own physical health So they need to be given time to do that As as do we So to be a good parent you, You've got to split up the duties So that there's less strain on one person You can both be a good parent um, The other thing I wanted to talk about is in a marriage, it's important, I think, to be to be friends and to be your friend. If you think of someone you're friends with, you would probably check in with them on a regular basis, find out how they're doing, find out how life is going for them, find out what's on their mind, what's keeping them up at night. So I think in a relationship, it's important to do that for our spouse, but also for our kids as well. Um, so me, me and Darshak will try and connect as, as often as we can and just find out what's going on in each other's worlds. And I, I think that's helped us. And I, I would highly recommend that for anyone in a relationship, whether you're a parent or not, just having that opportunity to r- remember to message your spouse every day, ask them how they are, how things are going for them, what's catching up with them in person, keeping eye contact, not being on your phone, and just just having a few minutes to reconnect. And and the research on on couples and the amount of eye contact time, like face to face time they have in a day, is 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 shocking. It's something it's in minutes in a week period of time that they will actually spend together having a conversation without a TV or without a screen being there so that's going to be really important and I think that that habit then impacts our interaction with our kids as well one of the biggest game changers and the thing that I'm an advocate of is having date nights with your with your kids um, I have date I try to have a date night with my son and my daughter every week and my son's often gone out of his way to remark how the best thing in his life is, is de- the date nights that we have and they're, they're nothing remarkable. It's might be going to the football to play, go to the park to play football with him. It might be going to a coffee shop to have um, a baby Chino, which is basically just hot milk. But the idea is it's his time. It's for him. We can do anything that he wants or she wants, With my in my daughter's case. And I think it's really important to have that time to connect, find out what's happening in that other person's world. With my daughter in particular, there's conversations that she has with me during those that she would not have any other time. Uh, it really gives her an opportunity to be heard and to feel valued and to share what's what she's thinking and what's important to her. It might be talking about a TV program and the characters and the show, but that's obviously important to her at that period of time. So giving that person that space, that child, that space is really important. And although I'm very new to this, I've only been a parent for seven years. I think it will pay off in the long run having that time um, with the kids. I think will really pay off when they get older and we have that relationship because we've spent so much time connecting, so much time spending time together. Um, so I would say be friends with them, be considerate. Um, I, f- I forget to do this sometimes as well, but uh, don't don't think you're too important to apologize if you make a mistake. If you think that you reacted in a wrong way or you were short with them or your spouse picks you up on something and says actually you know what i don't think you handled that well then i i would recommend going up to your child and apologizing say i made a mistake this is what was going on with me at this time i should not have reacted like that and i don't think that makes you any smaller by being human and admitting to your mistakes and i think hopefully it will help children recognize that how to manage relationships there's ups and downs in relationships and when you make a mistake how you should react and and um, own up to that so um, so cute! Great ideas for kids to have their own time. Yeah, I mean, I think I've read about it in in one of these American like guru books, like Zig Ziglar or or one of those Jim Rohn And he used to go and play golf with his son every week. And his son was an adult at this period of time. And he said it was very easy to love my daughter because she'd come and give me a hug. She'd come and give me affection. Um, and daughters are just very easy to love. But he said with my son, you know, it, it was a it was a harder nut to crack. And and that weekly. That weekly golf game He didn't know if it was important to his son But one day his son just grabbed him And hugged him and said You know th- th- This time with you means the world to me um, So I think it's easy to let these things slip but And I, I do let them slip Especially when it's difficult to juggle things If you're leaving one child at home To take the other child out Then, then your spouse is not getting a break um, There's lots of downsides to it But the upsides I feel like Greatly outweigh the downsides And it's a lot easier to have nights with your spouse because they're going to be up a lot children generally sleep around 12 hours a night uh, when they get to the age my children are now so there's lots more opportunities to to put the kids to bed at nine or eight or seven and then spend some time with your partner Um, but there's maybe not as many opportunities with the kids to have them uh, on their own where you can really just connect with them find out what's important to them what's happening in their lives how life is going for them what's happening in school how their friends treating them is there is there any issues all of that kind of stuff comes up in these date nights which i i find is is it's like yeah really really valuable um i think it's important to although my kids are my friends i think it's important to have nuggets um yeah so like not nuggets sorry i was reading a comment it's important to have boundaries so my kids know they're not allowed to use rude words in the house for example Um, that's just one of the house rules and although we're friends and although we will admit when we make faults with each other and we will apologize and we will work on our relationship and we have ups and downs in our relationship and most of the time it's all fun and games it's it's really important to just have those boundaries we do not we do not like hit our parents we do not hopefully we don't hit each other um in terms of the kids although they do sometimes and we do not use rude words we do not do this we do not yeah so i think it's important to have boundaries although you want to have a good relationship there there should be some kind of rules around which to live by and i think any kind of institution any kind of organization will have some boundaries of things you you must not do um and we we do have that in our house as well although we're probably very very liberal and very relaxed with with our kids compared to uh, maybe other parents but again you just got to find what balance works for you as parents and and the dynamics of your relationship and the good things that you felt like your parents did and the things that you don't want to do um you just take the good and try and leave the bad from all parents and from your parents and move forward in that way um the next thing i want to talk about is uh, empathy and compassion because yeah the one thing that i'm doing at the moment is is really trying to highlight we, we've got a puppy and the puppy is really well trained um she's got a very good temperament and she's very well behaved and people have commented like the dog walker has commented on how well behaved this dog is and a lot of that is just when you're training a, an animal they talk about positive reinforcement that you shouldn't hit the the animal you shouldn't shout at the animal because they, they don't understand why their caregiver is now putting them in a in a threatened um, making them feel threatened and so it messes up their messes up that relationship in the way that the person that they go to for love and support and, and security is now threatening them and causing a fight or flight response. And there's lots of neuroscience into this. And there's a lot of stuff like TV watching or shouting at the kids, which um, which I am victim to. I have done in the past, uh, let my kids watch TV. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't try and, try and improve on it or try and do better. So with the dog as well, I do tell the dog off sometimes. But positive reinforcement has a much faster and long-lasting impact dogs want to please their owners and in general kids want their parents to be happy so if they want their parents to be happy then they will generally conform to being the kind of person that you want them to be for better or for worse that's just evolution that's just human psychology the way it works so in that respect it's really important to to model what you want them to model and to Richard Branson had this quote that people are like flowers. If you water them with praise, then they will grow. And if you shout at them, I'm just adding this last bit. If you shout at them, then you'll traumatise them. So, and you'll stifle them. So, with praise, if they're doing something good, like if they're showing empathy or compassion, if my my, my daughter fell over and my son went to went to her and he said, are you okay, Japanese?" And he was um, helping her up. And I thought that was a, a great example to highlight of when he has been compassionate towards her. So, I think it's worth emphasizing and encouraging those behaviors because empathy is a superpower especially now i'm in uh an adult and i'm working and in a corporate environment if you can empathize with an individual if you have a team um you you really it really helps to be able to relate to other people and to not react because you're thinking about how the other person might have been thinking or why they might have done what they have done so i think empathy is a superpower definitely in the in the business world and in the corporate world but i think with my children as well um highlighting that and reinforcing it and saying to them oh you know that was amazing you get a compassion point you were compassionate towards her when you did this and it it really seems to encourage them and and motivate them and me and darsh will have different she doesn't she doesn't do that she has a she believes in it intrinsic Whereas I do have some intrinsic rewards, so extrinsic rewards. So when they when they have been showing a lot of compassion and empathy towards each other, I will um, take them out and I'll buy them something. Um, so so that's just something that I feel like has helped me because with lots of parents they struggle with their kids fighting, and two things that I would help I found have helped me with that is one I try and exercise the kids, we try and do something physical. I call it um, having the heebie-jeebies, and I have I have a son, so my son generally has more heebie-jeebies than my daughter. But they get this restless energy and anxiety and and, and kind of like they they have to just get it out Um, Otherwise they'll bounce off the walls and I have that myself to a lesser degree And I have to train every day So with my kids I try and get them to do something It might just be walking the dog in the park It might just be running around in the garden Um, It might be going to wrestling It might be doing some other kind of sport But I feel like being physical is really important from an evolutionary perspective. It's very important the b- human brain only developed from a from a scientific point of view because of movement So m- most of the real estate in the brain is is because of and for movement um, so That's why we're not a single-cell organism, but without digressing too much The the point is that that really helps them the second thing that encouraging empathy really helps them and, and in terms of stop Stop fighting and, and being nice to each other and looking after each other. So that, that's just something that I've found has helped us the two things that have helped us with the kids at this phase in life that they're in at the moment I don't know how long that will last um, it wouldn't work with babies because obviously they don't understand the concepts of, of compassion and empathy but um, and kindness but but that's that's what's helping us at the moment so hopefully it'll help some parents out there um, there's a lot of things that I've learned from leadership in in the work world which have helped me in with the kids and listening to well i was looking up this book called zen parenting and i've read the danish way of parenting so i'm i feel like if you struggle with anything in life if you read uh, books on the on the topic you can take nuggets from those books and you could try and implement them and see what works for you disregard what doesn't and it it helps you grow so that's part of what we're going to get onto next but with With leadership a lot of things have helped me in the house as well So one of the things they talk about in leadership is if you're going to reprimand somebody You shouldn't do it in public because you you really impact the person's um, self-image So if I'm going to talk to one of the kids and tell them off I try and have them one-to-one I try and have eye contact with them I try and look at them And I try and be on eye level with them And I try and talk to them about what happened and how it made me feel And how it might have made the other person feel So I don't, what I try not to do, and what I recommend trying not to do, is labelling the child. You're naughty, you always do this, you're like this, why do you always do that? I don't think that's very healthy for anyone's self-image. Even as an adult, a self-assured adult, I think if my wife said to me, why do you always do this, you're like this, I don't think it would be very beneficial for me either. It's not going to help me. So if you're going to reprimand, they do it in private. Um, have that conversation have that connection and then move on from it let it go you don't want to bring something up that happened a long time ago you want to allow the child to make mistakes learn from his mistakes and grow from it and they're not going to do that if you keep bringing up the same mistakes um, this the second thing and this is the same with adults the the second thing i find is, from leadership is they they talk about praising in public so People really live up to the labels you give them. If you say this person is a saint, this person is such a kind person, this person is so compassionate, this person is so loving, this person is always thinks about other people before themselves. If you as a child heard your parents say that about you in public, in front of other people, what would it do to your self image? You, you, You have to then live up to that image. So I think it goes along the lines of encouraging people and praising to allow somebody to grow in the right direction so for me if I'm if I want to talk to my daughter's really smart so I say that to anyone who who's willing to listen and and she lives up to that every time she comes home from work she'll just decide to do more work we never ask her to but she has this self image that I'm really smart I'm really studious I'm really academic and and out of choice she she wants to maintain that self image so she acts in accordance with that her behaviours reflect that so um Labeling is really powerful, whether it's negative or positive. So just, yeah, it's something to be mindful of the labels that you put on people, especially kids, because their brains are so malleable. They're so susceptible to, to praise or to um, your reprimand. Um, so moving on from that, the other the other thing they talk about in the corporate world is about arrogance and complacency so if you look at there's a book called built to last and and good to great and they look at the top 100 companies like coca-cola all these other ones that were around right now and out of those top 100 companies only four of them still exist however many years later uh, 30 40 50 years later from when the book was written and and the key there is that the the reasons behind why they failed like blockbusters for example was was the gist of it is complacency where they think this has worked So it will always work and arrogance where they think we've done so well. We know what we're doing Blue blackberry was another example. They thought the, they laughed at the iphone when it was released Um, and now the, the company pretty much doesn't exist. They had something like 70 or Percent market share and now. They have something like single digit market share, which is which is insane because of what reason arrogance and, and, and complacency so I think it's easy to 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 translate the stuff that we learn in leadership to kids and we should do that so complacency with kids you might think well you know a reward chart worked so it will always work or this worked for this child so it will still work with this child or this other person's child responds to this so my child will should respond to this and has to respond to this um, and that that leads on to arrogance as well, where, you know, my other child is fine, so this child is going to be fine, and I know what I'm doing because I've had eight kids, or, or you know, because I'm this, or I this this image that we have, this ego that we have, can blind us, uh, because I'm a you know I'm a Sikh, I, yeah, you know, my kids are going to be fine, or because of whatever reason it is, because I'm i I'm not going to have some of the, these issues or whatever it might be. It's really important to recognise that the arrogance is was the killer of these top one hundred companies in the world. And it will be the killer of us as well. Um, arrogance is it blinds us to what's in front of us and it allows us to not be nimble and not make changes when they're needed and react in a way which is detrimental. And with kids, we don't really get multiple chances that you, you have that kid for their for their for their infancy and and childhood and adolescence and it's important our interactions with them are going to have an impact on them for life it's going to potentially change their direction in life so it's important to have that awareness that we don't know it all and brings me to my next point which again is from the world of the corporate world which is around learning from feedback so in the corporate world when i was teaching in the corporate world um, we would get feedback from each session and it might be you know he's boring, or he talks too slow, he talks too fast, that type of thing, and then you implement it in your next session, and you grow from it, and I think, I think we don't do that with kids, I don't, I don't ask my kids enough, you know, how did that make you feel, or how do you think I can better respond to this, or how do you think I could be a better parent, or, you know, what's going on for you, and if something that I'm doing is upsetting you, then what could I do differently, and the kid might not know the answer, right, like there's that old quote which is attributed to Henry Ford, Freud, ford where he was asked he said if i if i built the kind of um, car people wanted i would have just built a faster horse and cart but actually he wouldn't have built the car so it's, it's really important to to use your own judgment as well in terms of what's right what's safe but it's also really important to be humble and to learn from lessons you might have had an interaction with a kid and you were really tired and you think well i snapped at that kid because i was really tired next time what can i do differently Right." Next time I'm going to try and go sleep Half an hour earlier So I'm a bit more well rested So my I'm not so snappy in the morning It's these little things But really writing them down And uh, in a tangible way is going to help us Make better use of the lessons That come to us in abundance Every single day and And to learn from feedback There's another book called Outliers Which is written by a very famous author called Malcolm Gladwell and he he made famous this 10,000 hour rule where he looked at elite performers in pianists and, and sports people and what he found was they had 10,000 hours and there's been lots of books gone on to refute his his theory but essentially the main argument against it is that it's not 10,000 hours of practice, I've probably watched 10,000 hours of TV, it doesn't make me an a expert of TV watching or a connoisseur of TV watching. Um, you have deliberate practice. So you could spend, and here's a real life example. I used the app Duolingo to learn Spanish, and then I spent a couple of months on it. I went to Spain and I learnt zero practical Spanish. I knew how to say egg, and I knew how to say a few other random words like sun and um, car, but in day to day conversation, it didn't help me. Whereas there's a Spanish lecturer who works at my workplace. And if I had just had probably one private lesson with her I probably would have learnt enough To get me through that holiday and ask how do you get from here to there. You know, thank you very much How much does this cost basic phrases and that she would have given me live feedback on how my pronunciation Pronunciation was where I was going wrong um, Errors that I was making in my judgment. So Thanks a lot gogan. I really appreciate it so Deliberate practice is very different from just going through the motions and as with parenting we can take the same lessons if we want to be good parents the same as if you want to be a good footballer you you have got to play a lot of football but you've also got to work on your weaknesses you've got to think okay well I'm I'm getting tackled a lot so my ball control is really poor um I I don't know much about football so I'm excuse me here but whatever areas my stamina is not I get tired too quickly so I'm going to do a lot more I've got to put in some cardio sessions the same with same with having kids so you think well I towards the evening I get really snappy with them so I've got to put some kind of routine in place to help me so I'm in a better position or they are a bit more tired towards the evening so they're not so hyper Um, these are just small examples but we, we have to as individuals one be very careful of complacency and And arrogance and two we have to have feedback and we have to learn from it we have to implement it on a day-to-day basis this is an ongoing journey no one's ever going to be a good parent they're going to be a good parent for that day but tomorrow's a new day and they've got to try again they've got to work on themselves again Um, and it is a very hard journey but the happiest moments of my life have been moments with my kids so it's it's something that I would I wouldn't give up for the world Um, and you know I would die for my kids but it also, in the same vein, it takes work to be good at it or to do a decent job at it. Um, so, I really appreciate you guys listening in for the last hour. And I really appreciate everyone's thoughts because this is just my very narrow experience from having you know, two kids, soon to be three kids. And my kids are young, so I don't have full life experience as some of you guys do. So, I would really appreciate um, your comments really appreciate you dming me um leaving a comment it'll be upload this video will be uploaded on all platforms so all audio platforms um like audible for example um itunes and also on youtube so any kind of way that you want to give me feedback it'll be really much appreciated so i can learn from your experiences and try and become a better parent thanks for listening